who have finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am Laura the Human. And I'm KK, also the human. This is Chapter 1.6, The Jiggler, boarded by Luther McLaurin and Armin Mirzayan. In this episode of Come Along With Me, our heroes kidnap an innocent child and nearly starve it to death. This podcast contains... Full spoilers for all of Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. After saving a food family from a threat unknown, Finn and Jake are having a sing-along when they stumble across a strange creature that likes dancing to their music. Doubling it the jiggler for its wiggly shape, the two take it home and have a wonderful dance party. The next day, however, the jiggler is lethargic and sick. Normal food just makes it sicker, as does a diet of drawings. Eventually, it uses kisses to paint a picture of its mom bathing in red juice. Our heroes return the jiggler to its parent, but the mother violently rejects it. Jake realizes that the baby needs to smell properly, so Finn tosses it into the juice, and the family is happily reunited. Oh, this is a very fun episode. Um, I don't think it's a particularly strong episode, but it's not a bad one by any means. I mean, the Finn's robot voice alone is just such a good thing to establish. That's absolutely a highlight. Yeah, uh, it turns out that Finn ate a robot at some point, and now he has an auto-tuned singing voice. Um, And while I don't think it's super consistent, like there's definitely more than a couple songs that's just a normal voice, it does come back occasionally, right? It does. It for sure does, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a fun random little trait to give your main character. Uh, the Jiggler has a very pleasant design. I, was I love the, say that. I love yeah. the arms. Like they can even go completely outside of the Jiggler and like spin around. I think that's uh, really fun. Yeah, just the shape of it. It looks like maybe like a juggling mechanism or maybe some sort of like a, you know fidget toy of some sort. Like it's just yeah, yeah. It reminds me of those the blow up ones that you can like hit and they come and they always come back. You know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a weight in the bottom and it's round okay. and you push it and it never mind laura maybe it's an american thing <laughs> fair enough um something i really really enjoyed uh at the beginning is they're just carrying all this food around and you don't really know why um and then they're like okay stanley don't get into any more trouble just... i know i really wish we had re- we revisited stanley the watermelon and his family at some point but i don't think we do also, um, the family seems to be entirely, like, produce. Um, you know, you've got watermelon, I think bananas, a pineapple. Um, but they clearly adopted a lovely string of sausages. And I'd love <laughs> to see those mixed families, you know, depicted more in media. Uh, is this the first time we see the treehouse? Besides in the intro? <sighs> is it? That seems so strange to me, but I think you might be right. We Yeah, we don't see it. Uh, so if this is the first time we see the treehouse, I have a very important question. Yeah. Where is Bimo? Where is Bimo? 
you know, that's a great question. Um, one that I struggle to, you know, I was actually, so to give the audience some insight, we don't actually like watch a single episode and then record a single episode. We tend to watch them in bunches, uh, because it's just way easier to kind of, you know, record four or five at a time. Um, so I have, I'm already ahead and I've been watching, um, and BMO doesn't first show up until I believe it's the, uh, the businessman. And then we also see him again in Marceline's introduction, uh, evicted. And in both of those, while he's present, he doesn't actually talk or say anything. So really? I, I get the sense that maybe like he was never anticipated, nobody ever anticipated making him either, not even just a main character or literally a sapient being at all. Hmm. He's, yeah. he's definitely in the intro, so I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on that, like when he starts to really come into his own as a character. Yeah, and I also don't really know much um, on the production end of, like, do they do the episodes first and then make the intro, or do they do the intro and make the episodes after? Mm. Um, so, you know, to depending on which one comes out, you know, that might have impacted things. Because Marceline Have is I said yet how amazing I find the intro? It is just a masterclass of animation. I oh, love it so it's much. so much. But like, you know, going back to it, Marceline's in the introduction, but she's only in the first season in like two episodes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. So um, if anybody does have any insights, uh, has worked in the animation industry and knows anything about that, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. Yeah, please email us uh, at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. That'd be great. Yeah, that will be. Um, okay. Uh, so speaking about things um, that I, I liked is I feel like this was really putting a showcase for, for both characters' immaturity. Uh, but Jake's especially, because Finn is acting kind of how the way I expect a 12-year-old to, to act. Um, Jake, however, is the adult and maybe <laughs> should have been thinking a little bit more reasonably about this. Well, I like that they just start immediately smashing up their own house. That's like, yeah, it's like showing their immaturity and also just a very boy thing to do. Like, they're just a couple of boys. It's cute. It's definitely shown off by that one um, tapestry they have very prominently in the background. That's clearly a naked woman, but the yeah. middle has caved <laughs> With a in. tastefully ripped off so you can't see Indeed. that she's naked. <laughs> yeah, for or sure. Or I, I guess also maybe that belonged to Marceline, so we shouldn't discount that. I mean, it's possible. Do we know what state Marceline left it in before and how long she left it before the boys eventually took over? We don't, but we know she likes pretty ladies, so That's I'm going to choose point. to accept that headcanon. All right. Got it. Makes sense. Um, so at the end, when the juggler starts to get, like, legitimately sick, I'll be honest, it's kind of distressing. It's distressing. It's a little baby. It's a little baby. It makes these really bad squeals. Um the liquid coming from it is, like, too pink to actually bleed blood, but it's close enough to be, like, kind of hitting at the same sort of points. Yeah. Um, so... And then when, like, and then when the mother rejects it, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, it's harsh. It's legitimately harsh. Um, I will say, though, uh, clearly this entire episode is a send-up slash semi-serious moral about not stealing baby birds from their mother um 
that's not true. Uh, if you do find a baby bird, you can touch it. The smell won't actually impact. The mother will probably take it back regardless. Huh. Yeah. Today I learned. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just, imp- like, obviously don't be stealing baby birds from their nests to have a dance party with it. But if you do see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if there's a, 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 if you do see a baby animal injured, um, you usually should be able to, you know, make sure that it you know, look after it. Uh, so I guess you could say this is uh, one of the clearest morals of the early episodes. Yeah, uh, I think this is probably the most straightforward moral. Um, and honestly, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, don't. I'll kid- never kidnap again. That's <laughs> what they say at the end. <laughs> I mean, listen, there are certain morals that it's fine to maybe do some playful ribbing, but. Don't kidnap or hurt animals is probably a good one to play it straight on. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part of this episode, Laura? What's my favorite part of the episode? I, I again, I think it's got to be the the sapient uh, plant in Stanley and, the watermelon. Stanley the watermelon for sure. Um, I have a guess at what your favorite is. Please. Is it Jake making his butt big? <laughs> Oh, you're wonderfully predictable. I mean, butts are funny, Laura. Butts okay. are funny. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. Glad you enjoyed uh, I also really like it when, when Finn is feeding the Jiggler grapes, but keeps calling them purple whatevers. Like, why? I don't know, but it's delightful. Um, well, Finn is a 12-year-old boy whose adoptive parents died when he was very young, has never had any formal schooling. Also, I think dogs might be allergic to grapes in real life <laughs> so maybe literally he just never was taught yeah yeah purple whatevers yeah purple whatevers it's great um so i'm not sure if like is the right word um but this was the first sign i think we have of finn's issues and real trauma regarding parental abandonment yeah um, so for those who haven't watched the episode in a while, um, basically when he tries to return the baby, but the mother refuses to because it no longer smells of juice, um, he starts like just basically desperately trying to force the baby into the mother's not arms, but I guess like vicinity while screaming, mothers have to love babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is harsh because um, while obviously even the writers didn't know the full scope of what Finn's backstory eventually would be, uh, they had hashed out the fact that he did at some point get abandoned in the woods and left to sit in his own poop for days. Aww. Boom, boom. Oh, so um, honestly, I feel, I feel for Finn. Yeah, of course. <sighs> and you only have more trauma to be coming on that front i'm afraid my my dude but he does learn the truth i think there's there can be healing in that i think yeah absolutely and he does eventually forge a relationship with his mother as well Um, oh that's true yeah so i'm glad for that at least okay um let's head into our corners did we find the snail uh 
No, I did not. I did find this snail. Um, honestly, I'm forgetting exactly where, but I think it might have been. Okay, yes, I do. When they were um, going for a little walk, I believe it was kind of in the background, just kind of waving. Just kind Great. of. Yeah, so there it is. Snail exists. Um, uh, I don't think there was really anything else notable. We didn't have any new linguistics. Um, uh, we do, we do. Uh, he goes, Slime a cow, that fool looks rumped. And then they also use perpendicular as a as a interjection. Oh, perpendicular! I like that. It's mama. Yeah. Again, more mathematical phrases. More math, math terms, yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Um, otherwise, yeah, I just thought this was really cute um, standalone episode. It doesn't have any really long term effects, but you know, it gives some hints at some of our characters' flaws and issues. And you know, the jiggler is just a really cute little baby design. All right, our first snail mail. Yay, snail mail. Uh, Which is what we're naming basically our mail segment. So if anybody has sent us any emails, messages on our various social media accounts, this is where we're just going to kind of, um, you know, go over it and uh, see what discussion comes of it. Uh, Today we got some, we're going to talk about some comments we got on our uh, tree trunks, uh, Dungeons and Dragons main character classes uh segment and uh yeah we have some other ideas from our listeners that are pretty cool it turns out that um people who listen to an adventure time podcast are a whole bunch of geeks nerds (laughs) (laughs) okay um i think we should i'm wondering what's the best way to go through this i think maybe character by character and we'll just bring up different suggestions various people suggested yeah Okay, great. Uh, let's take it from the top with Finn, our main boy. Uh, what did people say about Finn? Um, we got sort of person who said a fighter with a few levels of ranger, uh, which is, I think fighter is definite, right? Yeah, but you know, uh, Paul Thomas, that's at Paul Thomas 1992 on Twitter, said that Finn was uh, maybe a paladin. I which feel I also pal- like. I feel paladin a lot. Basically, paladins are holy warriors. They're bound to a sacred oath. And I, th- in classical versions, I think it used to be like a god, but they've kind of, I think, revamped that a bit. Um, and I think you could definitely make the argument that Finn is kind of bound to the general oath of I will help people. Yeah. Definitely. At the same time, you could probably also make an argument for Barbarian. Yeah, honestly, I agree with that. Um, which, by the way, I hate the name Barbarian. I feel like, I don't know, I think a Berserker might be a better class name. But basically, you know, somebody who's super fierce and goes into like this kind of pure, angry rages. Yeah. Hmm. Although he's much less barbarian-like by the end of the show, I suppose. I mean, he is, but especially early. So maybe he starts out as a barbarian paladin and then eventually, like, completely loses his barbarian class? Perhaps. Hmm, fascinating. Okay, um, let's go down to Jake, the dog. Uh, Someone suggested a druid for Jake, which I really like. That was uh, Dominic Boyden on TikTok. I assume um, that's because of the shape-shifting capabilities. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Druid probably fits him best of any of it. Uh, you know, Jake's powers are such a, 
out there thing and they're so overpowered that no nobody would actually put it in the game as a player character right so, <laughs> yeah really how often do we think about the fact that if jake wanted to be like an evil uh villain he would be so unstoppable but instead he's like a lazy dog and i love that so much <laughs> i mean honestly if he even just wanted to be like a competent person in anything <laughs> could probably completely transform the world uh but as it is, um, he kind of left his kids and grandkids to accidentally do that for him. <laughs> okay, um, Princess Bubblegum, I think, would be next uh, on the list. We got a pretty big consensus that PB would be an artificer, which is... Absolutely agree, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat. We said wizard, and I stand by that, even though that's a little bit ironic considering her feelings on magic, but... Artificer is extremely good. No, Artificer was like, as soon as somebody commented, I was like, duh, somebody who makes magical objects and does all the kind of, you know, magic science side of it. Um, I see where you're coming from about wizard because they're kind of the scholarly class, but her ultimate magic doesn't come from her, from her scholarship, does it? It eventually oh, is an yeah. innate thing. So I think she's an artificer for like the first six seasons of the show. And then, like, you know, season seven or whenever, um, she discovers her innate uh, sorcery. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah. So that that's a fun little, um, I could definitely see a player character and a, a DM kind of uh, hashing that out. Uh, did, did you get anything about Marceline? I did. Uh, there's kind of a mix of feelings. Um, some, I saw some people suggesting Bard. Which makes sense um, because, you know, she's got her, her weapon is literally a giant axe guitar, right? Um, so I like that. And, but I, I, I don't think you could make the argument that her music really does much magical in of itself. Um, obsidian excluded. It's obsidian excluded. I mean, I guess you could just say, you know, general inspiration. Um I think maybe Marshall Lee raises some skeletons with it, but that's in a dubious canonicity. But so I'm mixed on Bard, even though I really like it. Uh, one person suggested Rogue, but I ain't seeing it. Rogues are all about stealth, right? And sneaking. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, that's just not Marceline's MO, is it? No, it isn't. I don't know. I kind of still like the the idea behind Warlock in the sense that she's almost her own patron. And I mean, I think a Warlock-Bard mix wouldn't be too far away from Marceline. Yeah, I think we could go behind that. Warlock-Bard mix. All right. Um, then, of course, I hit Peppermint Butler. I think this was another <laughs> unanimous one, right? Yeah, he's a Warlock. He's a Warlock. He's made... A pact with some dark force and uh it seems to have worked out for him he's a uh, a good guy who uses evil magic <laughs> i mean magic. is he good he does steal our characters flash he helps <laughs> he helps the good guys so he's a good guy i mean he helps princess bubblegum <laughs> maybe we should be a little more hesitant there <laughs> Uh, someone also said, they said, Choose Goose is a wild magic sorcerer. Yes, I, really I like. love it. I mean, whatever Choose Goose is, uh, <laughs> if he can be defined at all, 
His magic is on the loose, and he's a little obtuse. <laughs> um, okay, Ice King. Um, one suggestion was a druid who refuses to use anything but ice-based spells, because in D&D parlance, elemental magics, unless you're, like, you know, part elemental, usually comes from the druid class. I That's hilarious, and now I kind of want to try and play that character. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, you have spells in, in fire and lightning. No, all ice. Only ice. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, I feel like this was a super exciting debate. And honestly, it makes me kind of want an actual Adventure Time RPG. Yeah, man, I think that would be really fun. Like, not even just a homebrew, though. I'm sure you could come up with some creative stuff there, but like... Can you imagine one that has, like, all its own specific classes, only they're nothing sensible? They're like, I'm classified as a gluruk, and uh, (laughs) I'm wielding a giant magical ham bone. (laughs) Thank you, everyone uh, who commented on this topic. And if you have any further ideas about uh, what classes the characters of Adventure Time would be, please reach out to us. Uh, We will... Literally never stop talking about this if there is uh, continued discussion on it. And of course, you can talk to us about anything. It doesn't just have to be the specific topic. Absolutely, yeah. Talk to us about Adventure Time. Talk to us about cartoons. Talk to us about Dungeons and Dragons. We love it all. Okay, Laura, for today's media recommendation, do you have any favorite adoption or kidnapping uh, media recs? Wow, those are two incredibly similar themes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think I'm going to go with the story Matilda, both in its book and film forms. Um, You know, it's a story just about a, a lonely girl. Um, who's incredibly smart and giving no spoilers away it it does kind of give the tale it's one of those rare stories out there that um does favor kind of adoptive found families over uh, your birth families Um, so i think it ties in really well with that awesome well uh thank you so much for joining kk and laura the humans on come along with me If you have any questions or comments, you can feel free to email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at comealongwithme, where the last E is a three, and Instagram and Tumblr at adventuretimepod. Now come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant lands.